I've done a few shows this year on Cell TV about breast implants. Well, I didn't really cover the emotional side of breast implants, the why, the why you may have gotten breast implants or why you're on the fence of removing them. But this next guest, Sarah Stewart, uh, being from the modeling world, she tackles this hard and she is a world changer now. She goes beyond breast implants in this interview into dieting, into the addictions that come go from one thing like breast implants to the next to the next. But I think the magic in this interview is the details that she gives about how she changed her thinking and ultimately her life. So huge solution because I know so many of you are battling this out there watching this. We get the emails. Uh, we have some great solutions to offer on this show. Stay tuned. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith and holistic health practitioner Sarah Ann Stewart is joining the show today to share her personal journey with breast implant illness and eating disorders and how in return she has become an advocate for body positivity, healing relationships with food and redefining self-love. Sarah leads a mindfulness-based private coaching practice in Los Angeles and her unique heart-centered approach has helped hundreds of women across the globe make sustainable lifestyle changes and heal the relationship with food and their bodies. So let's get started and welcome Sarah Ann Stewart and of course, Dr. Pampa. Welcome both of you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you. Uh, you know, I, I said right before we uh, started the show, Sarah, that this has been a passion of mine this year. Um, mm -hmm. This breast implants and the reason why is because I've run into it now so many times with women not getting well, wondering what's going on, their hormone dysregulation, I mean, all the typical symptoms, and it ends up being breast implants. However, we haven't done enough, borderline any, on dealing with the, you know, really the problem here, mm -hmm. meaning what self-image, right? So many women have watched our show, we've gotten the emails, and it's, you know, well, maybe this will help me get well, right? right? But really, even if they believe that it is, it's this body image and the stigma and all of that that they're really dealing with. So you bring a very unique answer here. And I, I think some solutions that we haven't brought on other shows that are really important. This goes beyond breast implants. Yeah. This goes um, into chronic dieting. Um, I believe you have some really unique answers here that we're going to hit on this whole show. So big show. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. And I am so grateful and privileged to be able to talk about these topics. Well, you know, you're not afraid. Uh, you know, you're a beautiful woman. You have uh, obviously battled um, this um, in you know, your arena and, you know, everything that you've done. And I said, hey, you know, if you're not the role model yet for women, you need to be. <laughs> Let's help you get there. Okay. No, because I mean, I'm, you know, I'm being really serious because, you know, most of the women watching this really aren't making the move. They're mm -hmm. not going, okay, that's it. I'm getting these breast implants out. And it's because there is a bigger issue here. Right. So let's start with your story. Then let's yeah. go right after it. 
it. So like, t tell me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a really holistic environment. My father was a public speaker. He traveled the country talking about the mind-body connection and psychology and why we should be meditating and doing yoga and all of these things that were really woo-woo <laughs> back in the day. We would go from town to town and there was no internet. So we would knock on doors and hold, you know, hold these different classes and halls and schools and so forth. And so I grew up in a world that was really, really holistic. And then when my father was diagnosed with the devastating news of terminal cancer, he looked at the doctor in the face and said, have you ever seen a miracle? And the doctor said, no, in the you know 20 years of doing this work, I've never seen one. And my father said, you're going to see one. And he went home and went against all medical advice and started going on a very clean vegan diet, studying the Gerson program, the Hippocrates Institute, doing these different protocols and with more, um, and really diving into what had happened throughout his life where his body was able to be able to get sick, right? And so he dove into all of these different, on the nutrition side, the healing protocols that would heal his body. And then he was also doing the emotional, mental, spiritual work as well. So I witnessed my father completely cure cancer after seven years or seven months, sorry, sorry, seven months. And it's, he's been cancer free for 20 plus years. Wow. And so I had this profound knowledge of holistic health growing up, but I was scouted to model when I was 15. And within, uh, within a, a week of signing my contract, contract, I developed a series of eating disorders that lasted for a decade. Go figure. <laughs> and go figure. And I, and I went into this thinking, oh my gosh, I have such a good head on my shoulders. Look at this family that I come from. Look at my father. I'm going to be okay. I just want to see the world. And this, you know, scout promised me that I would become a star and make all this money and get to have this experience. I'm like, what, what, what could go wrong? Right. Flash forward 10 years, I was told by a doctor, if you do not leave this industry, you are going to lose your life to anorexia um, and a series of other eating disorders. And I thought to myself, how has this happened? The amount of shame and guilt and just pain inside of me looking back on my life and thinking, I can't call my parents. I'm addicted to Adderall. I am now addicted to laxatives. I'm anorexic, bulimic, like all of these things which you would never expect coming from how I was raised. And so on one hand, I had this beautiful knowledge of how food is healing. And then on the other hand, I saw it basically destroy my life. And so I thought the answer was give up my career as a model, pick up my bags, go backpacking. But what I didn't know is that your mind goes with you everywhere that you go. Damn. <laughs> so I'm trying to run from this problem by shutting off social media and leaving my career behind. And the anxiety got worse. And then I went back to school for nutrition and the anxiety got even worse because I was studying all these different protocols, but yet I didn't know how to actually listen to my own body. I hadn't made the connection that I actually had this intuition inside of me that could lead me to the direction of what was best for me. And so it was a long journey. I ended up turning to meditation, mindfulness, reprogramming the subconscious beliefs and stories and all of these things that I had picked up for 10 years. And after working with a meditation teacher for a couple of years, I finally was free of these addictive patterns. And then I, from when I was modeling, I had gotten breast implants to keep my career going. Um, and then I started to get really, really sick. And I realized that I didn't know what was going on for several months. I went from doctor, 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 um, come across some, you know, some posts about breast implant illness. I ignored it. I ignored it. I ignored it some more until so many women were coming out and thank God for social media because all of these other courageous women were standing up and speaking out. 
And I was like, hmm, I think my doctors are missing something. So I went back to my doctors. My doctor said, not your implants. Went to some other doctor. And then finally found a doctor who was finally like, yeah, you, can, you, you should really get those out. It's really important. And then I finally listened. And then all, all my symptoms went away. And a year later, I'm symptom-free and have my life back. So. You, know, you know, I mean, you, your, your whole story hits on what I say all the time, right? It's physical, chemical, or emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you had emotional things, right? And you you right. pointed out you had to change your thinking. You had to change your mind, um, which then changed your patterns, et cetera, et cetera. If you didn't do that first, I don't know if you had the guts being a model, you know, at least, you know, that was your career at one point. Right. Uh, to to do that, you know, because again, there's a lot of women watching this who aren't models. So it's not their image, um, and yet, or their identity, and yet they're still struggling mm-hmm. because you know they think that's what makes them beautiful or attractive to a man or their husband or boyfriend, whatever it is. So you had to go through the mind change, and then okay, the physical interference. You mm-hmm. had you got your life back, but yeah. always it's typically both. It's the mind right. and the physical that play into this. So, all right, let, let's, let's focus on this mind change because as, as I pointed out, a lot of people, a lot of women watching this won't even be able to take the jump um, because you know, their thinking mm-hmm. about their body, their image is too much for them to bear, you know, this yeah. identity and, and, you know, so help them. I mean, I don't even know where to start, but I don't want to leave men in the dust here either, because ultimately it's a mind shift of Mm -hmm. the way we think is, you know, our paradigm, you know, how we view our world, how our world becomes around us. Yeah, Uh, totally. Whatever illness you're dealing with or whatever struggle, Mm -hmm. what you learned is what everybody watching and listening to needs to learn. So let's start there. Yeah. So I want to start with wherever you are, I hold so much compassion and love for that space because I talk about self-love, self-worth, self-esteem all day long with my clients. And the moment that I made the decision to get my implants out, I went into tons of self-doubt, worry, concern, fears, all the emotions that you can expect from changing your physical body and having something that you had inside of you for nine plus years. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up from a surgery and look very, very different. So I, I, I want to just first address that like all of those emotions are very real and they're they're okay to have and and suppressing them. I think a lot of times what I see is that we will feel them and then we'll use food or other addictions to suppress the emotion that we're feeling versus just dealing with the emotion and confronting it and being okay with it and moving through it. I think that's the first part that's really important is just to identify that it is okay and perfectly normal to have these feelings. I think it's also really important to look at for me specifically my environment who was around and who was influencing my decision to take my implants out. And so I can say this with so much love. Again, you are the only person that should be determining what you're doing with your body. That's it. Like that's, that's like my number one thing I tell all the girls I have. I have hundreds of girls reach out to me now all day long. It's, it's mind blowing to me what's happening with explants and, and what's happening culturally with this whole movement. And I'm always like your husband, your partner, your relation, whatever relationship you're in should not be impacting your decision. And only you know in your heart what the best decision is for you. And what broke my heart was when I started to share my story about getting my implants out, they were like, well, what is your husband going to think? And I, and I was like, I haven't thought about that yet. Like, like is he, is he, what is he going to think? And I went into all of this, like almost depression and the sadness. And I, I was like, what if, 
what if he's not happy? What if it changes our sex life? What if it changes our intimacy? What if it changes our relationship? What if he isn't happy instead of connecting to myself? And I had to pull out all of my resources, the forgiveness letters, the affirmations, the meditation, the mindfulness component to, to sit in front of the mirror naked and say, I love my body regardless of what, what even my husband thinks, right? Like this is my body. I'm in this body. I'm the only person that has control over my health. And this is the step that is needed 100% to get my health back in line. And I'm going to stop negating all of these other women on all of these stories and telling myself that it might not be my implants and doing tens of thousands of dollars in detoxing to again, try to prove that it's not the detox, you know, implants. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what so many women are doing. I, I get messages from women who are like, well, what kind of implants do you have? Oh, thank God. I don't have those. Impl-. I'm like, that's it. yeah. it's all implants. Yeah. Like it's all implants. It's all implants. And, and, and I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's saline or gel or so, like whatever I'm like, just because I had a certain implant doesn't mean that I'm the only person to get them with this type of implant. I'm like, so I think a lot of times we're trying to solve, we're trying to pinpoint like, is it really the implants? And I can just speak from the women that I've spoken to. And, and again, everyone's different, but, but if something is suppressing your immune system where you can't get better, whether it's your thyroid, your adrenals, why not take them out, right? Well, why not? You know, I mean, and the why not is mm-hmm. where we're going here, right? It's, right. it's the image that they have. Right. Okay, so I mean, you know, back up, right? You said that you uh, had to sit in front of a mirror, look at your body, and say, okay, you know, I love my body. Okay, that that was maybe the beginning. I mean, yeah. take us through more because I mean, you, you yeah. nailed it. I mean, I can't tell you how many women are watching this right now that are exactly in the battle where you sit, right? Mm-hmm. How's this going to affect my relationship with my husband? How people view me? How this, the, I mean, it's, it's all of that self-talk. And I mean, if you don't have that, I don't even know how you wouldn't. Of course you have yeah. this. Everyone yeah. does. So. Yeah, of course you have it because there was a reason why you got them in. Because if you loved your, and that was the part for me. Yeah, good point. That was the part for me. It was, wow, I have to have so much compassion and love and understanding and forgiveness for myself because nine years Prior, I sold my car. I called my father in a moment of shame and said, I need the money. And he was like, what's happening? I had never called home for money before. And I went in and I signed the docs. And two weeks later, I had implants. And I didn't even think, like, I didn't think about the repercussions of this action until nine years later. I did. I, there was no, it was just like in, out, done. Well, because everybody's doing it, right? I mean, you know, I mean. Totally, because I was told that you have to have certain proportions to be a model and to sell lingerie. And then those stories and those beliefs, even if you're not a model, are transpired to the mass media because of marketing. And, And what blows my mind is that I just did this piece on, I looked at a magazine from 1954, and it's the same marketing tactics as they're using today. So to think that we've been immune to these marketing tactics and how they're selling things, we haven't been. And so we have to identify that these stories that we're holding aren't our stories. There are stories our grandmother told our mothers, our mothers told us, you know, kids on the playground told us what we're seeing on social media. There's CGI and AI bots now that try to manipulate the way women feel about themselves. It's like, this is a massive problem, but only we have the power to change culture. Yeah, I mean, it even can, you're right. I mean, we yeah. have the power to change culture and, and, and how we perceive culture, right? Because 
you know, we can't affect um, the boy on the playground who was okay. giving attention to the girl with the bigger boobs and that's still in your head. I mean, come on. I mean, those realities happen, right? I mean, it's like, because boys going through puberty, it's like, hey, that's different, right? It's like, I mean, that's the reality. And girls are like, oh, he's attracted to that girl. She's not even as pretty as me, but look what she has, right? I mean, uh, you know, the psychology gets started there, right? right? How do yeah. we unwind it, Sarah? I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, yes, it's yeah. reinforced by advertisements mm -hmm. and culture. And, you know, so it's reinforced from the playground all the way to now. I mean, that's a lot of changing my thinking. I mean, if I'm a woman thinking about this. A hundred percent. And the only, like the number one thing for me was radical self-responsibility. It was the responsibility that I, these thoughts in my mind are not my thoughts. They're part of what I was conditioned to believe growing up, but I will no longer allow the thoughts to dictate my reality and my life. And most importantly, my health. And I think when I was able to separate that this is just a thought and it's moving through my mind and it doesn't define me. It doesn't define my worth. It doesn't define my, my self-esteem, my self-confidence. I can literally disassociate myself from the thoughts that are coming in of fear, worry, concern, who will I be without these implants and get back to my truth, which is I'm worthy of everything I desire with or without implants, with or without blonde hair, with or whatever it is, right? Whatever, whether I was looking a certain way or being a certain way. Or, and, and I just had to keep separating what was my truth and what was not my truth and at the core of who you are you know what your truth is and and i just believe everyone is worthy of a beautiful healthy life um but i understand deeply that that these these beliefs are so ingrained in us um but through forgiveness for it i did a lot of forgiveness work about around the girl who wanted her modeling career to to continue and the reason I got them. And I think that that's almost the place to start for, for a lot of women. It's like, why, when you were 19, did you make the decision? Why did you make a decision for this guy that you were dating at the time? I, I, I know from myself and I'm speaking candidly, like there were so many times I wanted to change my body type for the person I was dating. And that's just, again, part of our culture. And I had to keep going back to, wow, I'm in a relationship now where that's, not needed and i would you know never expect that from my husband to ask of anything like that from me yeah, i mean the, and the reality is you know it's funny we were at, at just at dinner this week with a friend of mine right and you know four of us sitting around the table and i don't even remember how the subject came up but him or i big boobs yeah doesn't do it for us right mm -hmm. so I, i'm stating that to show you that it's not a reality that every guy right because right. Fact, I, it's probably split the same as you know, some guys like long hair, short hair, dark hair, light hair. You know, I mean, that, that's the point is that, you know, you are what you are. You know, it's like, and I promise you, there's guys out there that like you exactly the way you are. You know, perfect. They would look at you and say, oh my gosh, perfection. So what are you trying to be for who is really what the question is. Are you trying to gain, you know, if 25% of the men like bigger moves, you're trying to be in that 25%? you know what why <laughs> you know so yeah okay now you, you're very big into you know obviously meditation i mean even to the point where it's like hey you know believe it or not you can meditate and stay lean lose fat we'll get there in a minute mm -hmm. but your meditation must have been um a big part of how you've changed your thinking into the new thinking of yeah. hey this is me and it's great yeah i think it's just i think what meditation does is it quiets quiets 
the external. It just, it gets you back to yourself. It gets you back to your truth. It gets you back to the place where you can connect with your heart and say, I've been suffering for two years trying to figure this out and no longer will I allow myself, like this was my truth, and no longer will I allow myself to continue to suffer and risk my health for years to come for vanity, for ego, for how I look. Like I just, it took a long time of sitting and quieting my mind and, and shutting out the noise and all the voices and all the people and all the opinions and even all the doctor's opinions. I had so many different doctors telling me it is your implants, it's not your implants. You know, it, it was like, at, at a certain point, I, I got to the point where I was like, 10 doctors have told me it's not. And then this one doctor is saying it is. And like weighing, weighing yes or no. And, and finally, I just was like, I have to listen to the voice inside of me that knows it's my implants, that has the courage to get them out, that, you know, forgives my uh, 20-year-old self that did this back in the day. And I'm moving forward with my life in a, in a healthy place because the thing is, if we don't do the inner work now, it's going to, the, the consequence is life, lifelong. Like your body's always going to be changing, you know, through pregnancy, through aging, through, horm through hormones, through, through all of these things, right, that we see. And I think we're at a place holistically and with food where we definitely have anti-aging hacks and we can definitely take care of ourselves, but your body is going to change. And so why not fall in love with your body right now as it is so that as your body changes, you can continue to love it and appreciate it and have gratitude for the body that gets you through life and that allows you to have all these experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, I mean, I'm hoping this is the, uh, you know, we're, we're being forced to as a society to understand that this mindset that's being forced upon us with food um, mm -hmm. as well as body image. I mean, all of it is, we've, we've got to break it. How many women, um, well, you know, you were in the industry, but I mean, you're also, you also live in a place where it's just abundant, uh, yes. jobs, right? right? I mean, you know, you have seen how many getting sick or at least, um, they have a lot of symptoms that, uh, they're probably not associating with their breast, but what, what do you think? I mean, because this is going to come to a head with autoimmune and everything that we yeah. know it causes. I'm hearing a lot of women come out and even a lot of women in my community, my friends that are, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't realize it wasn't normal to wake up with brain fog. Oh, my memory is going. And I didn't even think about the fact that it could be like, there's these subtle sort of uh, symptoms that are creeping up on them or, oh, I realize I'm, I'm having joint pain. I'm having pain in my arms. Oh, I realize I'm having acne. At 30, I can't get rid of it. I don't know what's happening. Oh, I realize I'm ha I've had a rash for a year. And, and I'm like, th those, are, those, are, no, those no, are not normal symptoms. Like no. something is happening. And so I think that as we all have the courage to communicate and talk about this problem, more and more and more women are noticing that the symptoms that they are deeming just getting older or they're saying that oh, well, I just thought it was my IUD or these other things, right? That, that potentially could be causing problems as well. But, but they're starting to wake up that the implants could be causing these symptoms and that they're not, it's not normal to have migraines. Yeah, it's not normal. Not at to, all. Not at all. To be, chronically, to be chronically exhausted where you have to sleep every day. I mean, I've been hearing these things from women and I, I'm like, it's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, that's why I wanted you to say exactly what you said because those little symptoms or uh the oil light going on in the car going something's wrong something's wrong you can cut the wire put tape over it but 
something's wrong. And if you have breast implants, pay attention. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what happened to me. I was, I was, I was n like numbing the problem. So yeah. it's interesting. So as we use food or other things to suppress our emotions, we can also use glutathione injections, ozone treatments, supplements, you know, all these different protocols to suppress the actual thing that our body's trying to speak to us through, which is our symptoms. Yeah. And so I was suppressing my symptoms and saying, I'm okay because I can get out of bed. Well, I was only okay with three cups of coffee and getting the ozone and getting the glutathione and getting my IVs every week. And, and finally my doctor was like, you can keep covering up the problem or you can walk across the street and go get your implants out. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I know this stuff. I'm in holistic health, but but yet we we think we can mitigate and get through life. But why do you want to get through life? I don't yeah, want to get through yeah. life. I want to yeah. thrive and uh, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm a guy who talks cause all day long. You know, it's uh, whether it's you still have silver fillings in your mouth that contain 50% mercury. Yeah, you're not immune to mercury. It's going in your brain. I feel fine now. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe yeah. you do. Maybe that that morning brain fog or the fact you need three cups of coffee to survive. Maybe you're not so fine. Because if you'd asked me the week before I got sick, if I was healthy, oh, healthiest guy I know. A week later, boom, you know, mm -hmm. my bucket overflowed, I overflowed right? You said the same thing before mm -hmm. your stuff started, right? How many kids today are on Adderall? You mentioned Adderall. My kids tell me, Dad, this is a big problem. They're using Adderall to take tests, to function. You know, they buy it cheaply at school from probably kids who have prescriptions, who knows? Uh, and then they're using marijuana to bring it down on the other side. I mean, is this a trend that my kids are just making up or is it real? Yeah. I mean, I, I know from my experience, I became very addicted to it during, while I was modeling for the weight loss component of it, which is, um, so sad for me to even look back and the consequence, again, the consequence of even just Adderall withdrawal, like why I, I look at like what I put my body through. And I think that's something else that if you were to take yourself and just look down on your life and just see what behavior and how you're treating your body on a daily basis, like, would you be proud of that person and how they're taking care of your body? Mm -hmm. And so when I look back at my life, I had, I had, for a long time, I had so much shame around how I took care of my, I'm like, I was, you know, multiple laxatives every single day, multiple Adderall pills, barely eating. I'm like, how was I so destructive to my body and what kind of mindset created that? And I'm like a person who really didn't love themselves. Mm. I cannot blame the modeling industry. I cannot blame my agents. I cannot blame, I can't even blame media or social conditioning because I'm like, at the end of the day, I made these choices to my body and I chose not to do the inner work for many, many years to get to a place where I love myself, where I can look at social conditioning, I can look at media and I cannot get triggered by it anymore. I can say, oh, that's nice that this advertisement wants to advertise in that way that I feel sad that they're, you know, exploiting yeah, a girl. Because like I mean, what you've done is you, you've changed your thinking, mm -hmm. woken up to the fact that that advertisement, I know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I control my identity. Mm -hmm. I control who I am, right? I mean, but everybody watching this, that you have to go through that mind change, right? I mean, you know, I, I see that. I, I see that people, when I coach people for their health, there's a certain mindset that I can tell right away that they're going to get well in one, and I try not to take these people on now, that there's a mindset that they're stuck in a bad way of thinking, the same thinking that got them there. I train doctors. And I just did a, a, a mastermind where I was talking about 
functioning from your true identity, mm-hmm. right? So getting breast implants immediately warps your true identity. And, I, and the point was, is you're never fully happy until you're functioning from your true identity. You're never fully successful. You know, mm-hmm. so in other words, there's just an, a non-authenticity um, that comes about when you're not functioning fully in your identity. So the mind shift that, you, that I see you made, it was being completely identifying your, with your, your true identity. So what I told them to do is make a timeline. Go back into your life, whether it's kids on the playground, whether it's teachers, family members, brothers, sisters, events, and look at times that may have warped your identity. And go back and revisit those times and change the way you think about those mm-hmm. times. And then it's easier to oftentimes come. We all have to do this, by the way, yeah. at every level, right? Yeah. Did you do anything like that? Did you go back? Well, I guess you said, I mean, you yeah. went back at 19 and said, hey, I forgive myself for doing this. You had yeah. to go back at those times and reevaluate. Yeah, I think a powerful thing for me with the timeline was just seeing that my insecurities and my addictions got transferred from one thing to the next okay. until I was able to really dive deep into the inner work. And when I met my coach, Andresh, who teaches meditation, he said, you are going to have to unlearn all the ways that you were taught to suffer. And you're going to have to unlearn this with an immense amount of courage because it's going to shake your identity. It's going to shake everything you know to be true about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that takes courage. It's hard. It's challenging. And what I realize a lot with women that say, oh, what are your thoughts on breast implants? I'm like, I'm not going to discourage you from getting them, but I do recommend for, for, for six months to a year to get a life coach, get someone to help you with self-love, self-worth, self-confidence, loving yourself. And, and so many women have reached out to me and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't need them because I healed the pain that existed in me that I thought the breast implants would give me. But what I see so often is people get the breast implants and they want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing because they keep thinking these external things are going to fuel the insecurity that lives within them. But when they heal the wound from their childhood, from their father, from their mother, from whatever happened. I had to do this with my mother. I realized that the only reason I was in the modeling industry was because of my relationship with my mother. And I wanted external validation and love from someone outside of myself. Mm. And when I healed that wound, everything started to shift. And I was no longer looking for all these things to heal that place in myself because it was already healed. Is this a a safe um, question to ask then? Yeah. If we say to women, Okay, why do you want the breast implants or why did you get the breast implants? Did they evaluate that yeah. first? Because the, the mm-hmm. answer, I think, would be, I want to look better. Mm-hmm. Then you would say, well, why do you think you look not good? And then you would back up to say, I mean, is, is, that, a, is that a good thing to back in? Yeah, I think, I think inquiry and question is always such a profound way to bring forward your truth. And, you know, I, again, I'm just speaking for myself. I cannot speak for any other woman and their desires and what place those are coming from. But I just know when I've done the inquiry work where I write a question of like, why did I want my implants? And then you just free flow, right? You know, what are they providing me? Was it safety? Is it comfort? Is it love what what are the reasons behind the agency and you allow yourself to free flow on these type of questions yeah, that, that's what i want to hear that's the free flow yeah the free flowing on those questions mm-hmm. love comes to mind right mm-hmm. that's why i okay you know security mm-hmm. whatever it is write it down that's what you're saying yeah i want to you know i want to find my partner i want to find my soulmate like th- these things are very normal and they're okay and so i don't want to shame anyone 
for wanting them for those things. But I just want to address that the, the, the healing is always going to be internal before or after the implant. We have to heal the part of ourselves that, that feels less than. Otherwise, in 10 years, it will be something else. In 20 years, it will be something. We'll always be searching outside of That's our the point is that it's going to be the next thing, next thing, next thing, because you're not really satisfied with your true identity. And then, therefore, I mean, you may get the guy, but it could be the wrong guy. Maybe not. Could yeah. be. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's so, I mean, a lot of bad things can happen because you're not identifying with the, the true identity. But so it's never too late. That's the whole point here is you know, evaluate why, evaluate what it makes you feel like with or without. And, you know, I think you have to dig into these hard, uh, hard thoughts and topics. And then when you do, then you have to start telling yourself a different story, correct? Right. I mean, that's what you right. did. That's what I'm hearing. And I think we also need to power empower other women to make choices based on their health. And so one thing I recognized when I got my implants out, I would say 90% of the questions were, how do they look? Are they saggy? Do you have scars? Do you like your doctor? Did she do a good job? Maybe one, maybe 10%, maybe 5% of the questions was, how are you feeling? Are you feeling better? Are your symptoms gone? Like it was, it, you know, and, and I'm just realizing based on how we empower one another from from woman to woman, it's like, I'm very careful now. I'm very cautious that when I talk to women, it's like, oh, are you feeling better? Are you more alive? Do you have your energy back? Are you, because these are the things that matter. Not if I have a scar, what matters is my health. And yet we're, we, our minds are just completely reversed and that's no one's fault. It's just how we're taught. But if we empowered each other to say, wow, I, I support you 100% to get your health back. I support you to feel alive with your kids. I want you to live a long time because we're close and I want, you know, I want to be friends with you to the end, you know, to we're old. It's like those sort of things, I think we can start to empower each other and change culture. Here's the problem, teenagers, you know, I mean, maybe 20s as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the value is being attractive. The value is looking a certain way. Having friends, right? I watch my teenagers grow, oh my God, the greatest value, or I should say the greatest fear is like, you know, not being accepted, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so, you know, they don't think about health as a value until, they, until it's not there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was sick, you would have told me to take my ears off. I would have taken my ears off to feel good again, right? I mean, it's 100%. like I'd walk around without ears and been like, yeah, I took those off and now I feel good again. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I mean, the point is, is my values change, right? Your values mm -hmm. change very rapidly. You know, yeah. I, I interviewed a, a gentleman um, born with, without legs and um, amazing guy, his name's Sean. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, he talked about a scenario where he was in a room with women who were struggling with weight loss and diet and failures, right? And, yeah. and for a moment, they forgot who they were in front of because they were making all these excuses, reasons why they would, you know, not following a diet, da 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 da. And mm. but the one woman heard herself at one point, and she stopped. She he said, you know, he visibly, you know, she she kind of like looked down, just realized who she was in front of, and she said, I should just probably start to stop talking now. You know, oh, wow. my point of even telling that story is, is his point was, it's all mindset, mm -hmm. right? You know, it's, it's all mindset, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he had no excuses. You know, it's like his identity 
I asked them the question that, did you go through one day ever of feeling sorry for yourself because you didn't have legs? He's like, oh my God, no way. It's like, you know, this has made me who I am. This gives me the platform. Oh, right. It's his mindset or the opposite could have been true. It's like, you know, yeah, I went through 20 years of misery feeling sorry for myself. He never went through that, you know? Okay. So, I mean, the point is, is that, you know, if you have legs, right? He didn't. And he was the world changer. My gosh, this guy, amazing marriage, you know, amazing relationships, changing the world, mindset, legs, boobs, hair. Really, it's a choice. It's still a choice, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think we're going to, you know, at the end of our life, I don't think we're going to be like, I wish I cared more about the 20 extra calories I ate today or that extra, you know, thing I binge on or the margarita. I had. Like, we're going to be like, did we live? Did we enjoy our life? Did we have fun? Did we play? Were we excited? It's like, it's like, we're not going to sit there and, and think about, oh, I wish that I would have had, you know, smaller thighs. It's just, it's not going to be the, the thing that we wish we would have worried about more. And I just think when you look back on your life, where are you investing your energy? And it's a conscious choice. It's like, I'm not going to drive my energy towards, you know, trendy diets, newest fads, all these things that just keep me in the cycle, the habitual cycle, but I'm going to focus on sustainability, prevention, health, well-being, the things that are going to actually bring me joy, happiness, the things that impact my cognitive health. You know, it's painful. It's painful to get rejected, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all been there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had dyslexia. I mean, we we, we have a story, you know, but, but... it's painful nonetheless. And I think that because it's so painful, we do a lot of things to avoid it, right? Um, and we do a lot of destructive things trying to avoid it because we were hurt at one point. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I, I so always try to get my children and those God puts before me to understand, you know, that it's choice. Mm-hmm. You know, life and happiness and saying, you know what, I'm done with that thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. Am I oversimplifying it? But it's like, I know when I look back at my life, you know, and I interview successful people like you, that you said you made a choice, right? It's like, I, I, there was a decision made. I, mm-hmm. I'm just done thinking that way. It's getting me nowhere. It's getting, leading to this, that, and the other thing. I mean, could it be just that easy as saying, okay, I know I don't want to be hurt anymore, but you know what? I'm, I'm choosing mm-hmm. to protect myself, which is ultimately hurting me. Yeah, I think it can be. I think there is quite a bit of, I want to say willpower, discipline, but but con- we have to become conscious that every, in every moment we have the choice. We can say we have the choice and then every moment we have the choice again because our subconscious is, you know, dictating yeah. 95% of our, our, our choices to some extent. But I, I believe that the better we feel in our bodies, the better our choices become. And I always see that people heal their addictions with food and they create this food freedom when they heal their relationship with their body. Because when you heal your relationship with your body, you're not going to want to put that stuff in your body. Like I love my body so much that I, yes, I'll have a glass of wine and a piece of cake once in a while, but, but the most part I want to nourish and care and take care of my body as well as I possibly can. Yeah. I, I agree. Okay. Let, let's complicate this even just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious because I, I always think of my viewers, right? I think about, the viewer is going, okay, uh, look at you two. You two are thin. You don't have my problem. Mm-hmm. I'm 200 pounds. I'm 250 pounds, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what, do we, what do you say to this person? Meaning that, look, I sit in front of the mirror and I don't care what you say. I don't like what I see, yeah. right? Like, what do you say to this? Yeah. 
Well, I think we have to be very careful, especially now that your size or how you look on the outside does not dictate what's happening inside your mind. And we have to be compassionate and loving towards everyone because we have no idea what's the, what they're experiencing in their mind. You know, even though I might look a certain way, it doesn't mean that I don't go home and doubt myself or have fears and have my own anxiety and so forth. That's a great answer because yeah. I, I sat as a boy and I was stupid. I couldn't read. I had dyslexia, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, that's a great answer. So in other words, okay, yours is that, mm -hmm. don't know mine. Yeah. This, you know, I'm saying I don't care what it is. We still have to change the way we're thinking. Yeah. Ourselves, and then the symptom may be weight, uh, weight loss resistance. The symptom may be, you know, whatever I was dealing mm -hmm. with, insecurity mm -hmm. and acting up, blah, blah blah. You know, it's like, but you, you, no matter what, we have to be comfortable here. Yeah, I can say when I was a size zero, when I was a size fourteen, I was miserable on both sides of the spectrum. I, you know. I was two, close to 200 pounds and I was still absolutely miserable and I, I was 108 pounds and miserable. So the, your size and your physical appearance doesn't dictate your happiness. And I think so often we look at social media and make the assumption that these people look a certain way so they're happy. But some of the most miserable people I know are absolutely. Instagram models and people who are celebrities and people who look and appear like they have perfect life but behind the scene you have no idea yeah. what's happening i guess if 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 you could be whatever way you would say is perfect right mm -hmm. unfortunately you have to have the same brain and that was your point earlier right it's like you know you're running from it, but it's like unfortunately my brain had to come with me so 100%. if you're 250 or 125 or whatever it is it's like unfortunately you have the same brain yeah so be just as miserable and uncomfortable here as you are here that's a fact unfortunately right yeah yeah i think i mean i remember when i hit my like dream weight and i looked at the scale and i i'm like wait i'm supposed to feel elated and excited and so happy right now and i was like nothing has changed now i have to keep maintain this like there was no peace there was no joy there was no happiness there was no fulfillment that you get from actually recognizing and disconnecting from your body and connecting to your truth and the place within you, your soul, the, the part of you that, that mm -hmm. has a purpose, has your why, has your mission, has all of the reasons why you are on this planet is so much greater than your physical body. And so when you connect to those places in yourself and recognizing that you have this reason to live, then it's so much less about your body and fitting into your jeans and if the jeans don't fit you know you stretch them out you do some lunges and you buy a new pair i mean arguably you can make the argument hey he didn't have legs you're 250 pounds what's worse i mean i would say not having legs and he chose to be absolutely happy and mm -hmm. changing the world and he's absolutely amazing has an amazing relationship so it's a mindset it really yeah. is and then now let, let's make the argument though so once you get the mindset Mm -hmm. Now that was what transformed your life. So yeah. all of a sudden now the weight problem is being the symptom can actually, because let's face it, I would argue that, you know, being 200 pounds, you have a bigger problem and that's some of the health issues that are coming. So, you know, but the mindset shift then can actually help you with uh, that, the health issue, you know, yeah. and obviously you start losing normal amount of weight. You talk about that. Yeah, I think we have to be we have to be conscious too of when I was gaining weight, I 
like I, again, as I shared, I, I left and I was like, oh, I love myself now. I'm out of the modeling industry. I can do whatever I want with my body. So I can drink, I can like party, I can eat fast food. And so again, I was like, oh, I love myself and loving myself looked like doing whatever I wanted. But then, like you said, from, from a chronic sickness side of things, had no energy, was exhausted, felt like shit every day, brain fog, the same sort of symptoms that I was just experiencing with breast implant illness because I was eating fast food and not caring for myself. And so it was almost more sabotage and self-love. And I think right now, culturally, we're in, a, in an interesting time where a lot of talk and conversation is, well, I love myself, so just do whatever you want. And I always argue that that's not real self-love. Self-love mm. is caring for your body exactly as it is right now, loving yourself exactly as it is, and holding the vision that you want to have a healthier mindset. You want to have a healthier body. You want to continue on this sustainable life path to remaining healthy. And so I think that's a very different mindset than I'm going to do whatever I want. And that's the trap that I got stuck in. And that's the trap that I see so often other women get stuck into. And they come to me and they're like, well, I, I heard online, I can just do whatever I want. So I'm drinking diet soda and eating pizza all night. And then, and I'm like, is that, is that going to help you sustain your why? The reason why you're on this planet, why you want to be here, why you want to live and the impact you want to create. And the answer is always no. And that doesn't mean don't go enjoy a beer or have a piece of pizza. You know, I love, I love pizza as well, but, but it's like, it's recognizing, am I choosing and making decisions because I deeply love myself and my body or am I choosing them because I in using self-love as a way to, uh, again, suppress the work that it really needs to be done. Yeah, because you're really, when you do that, you're, again, you're functioning outside your true identity, right? You know, mm -hmm. self-destruction is not part of your true identity. Uh, you know, I believe in all of our true identity is, you know, gifts that God gives us, an ability to make a difference and have a purpose and a promise mm -hmm. for that. And, you know, when you're living that life that you described, uh, you're outside of your identity again. You know, there's no way you're, you know, that's going to lead you to that promise. You know? mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, you know, what, one final thought in the sense that, you know, meditation, uh, you connect yeah. even to being able to be a healthy weight, weight loss, yeah. healthy instead of being addicted to foods or diets, bounding back and forth. Make that connection for our viewers. Yeah. So when I decided to study more nutrition and I went back to school and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to switch careers. And the answer to my health problems is to know more information. And I think so often we think this, right? Like we go online and we're researching, 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 and we're trying to get all the information, which is absolutely great. It's great that there's all this access to information. And right before this call, we were joking. We were like, there's so much information out there now. There's no excuse to not find it. Right. Um, but for me specifically, it gave me more anxiety to the point where I was like, well, now I don't know what to do because I have all these different expert opinions and I'm, I'm more confused. And so going back to meditation, which we're now seeing is, is one of the most profound things for weight loss. And people think, okay, well, how can sitting doing nothing help me lose weight? Well, it indirectly helps you lose weight because it changes the neural pathways in your brain, which then allow you to indirectly make different decisions. And so when you're meditating, you're actually reprogramming the part of your brain that doesn't love yourself. You're impacting the part of yourself that, that maybe feels lonely at night when you come home and the first thing you reach for is food. You're reprogramming the part of yourself that can have more compassion for yourself. It's helping improve your sleep which then gives you more energy through the day so you're not reaching for 
you know, the soda in the afternoon. It helps you become present so you can become mindful while you're eating. It does so many things that indirectly impact mm. our health and wellness choices that it almost is, for me and my clients, it's like a non-negotiable. I always am like, this is the one thing I always recommend. And of course, if they don't want to start with it, I, I completely understand because it does take a lot of courage to sit with yourself and confront your own thoughts. Um, and it's not about clearing your thoughts. It's just about recognizing, oh, that's not my thought. I'm going to allow it to move through me and, and, not, it, and not allow it to impact my decisions and my actions. So how, how much of this do you do in a day? When do yeah. you do it in a day? And give us very specifics on how to do it. Yeah, so I work with a coach um, and a meditation teacher from, from India that I've been traveling with and doing a lot of work with for several years. So my specific practice is um, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night, not negotiable, sometimes more. Um, and I do mantra meditation in which he gifts a mantra and then based on where I am in my life I'm using that mantra to repeat over and over again but to start it, it, it can be as simple as two minutes like literally two minutes just sitting quieting your mind holding your heart and just breathing I think we forget to breathe we don't even know how to breathe anymore we're breathing from a state of fight or flight instead of rest and digest and so I'm always like if you can even just connect to your breath for a few minutes so that you can make the conscious decision so in the moment of an experience where you're like, oh, I shouldn't be walking to the fridge at 12 o'clock at night. Why am I doing that? Take a moment to sit, breathe, connect to your heart. What am I trying to suppress in this moment? And I think if you can consciously become aware of the emotions you're trying to suppress, you can heal the emotion and recognize that you can, you can um, do something else to shift that emotion. Another type of meditation I really love is like a walking meditation where you just, when, when people are triggered to go eat food, I'm like, well, why don't we, why don't we do something else like walk? And just say, let go as you walk, let go, let go with every foot. You know, you could do walking meditation. You can get a visualization meditation. I don't think there's a right or wrong. One of my best friends, Dina Kaplan, she runs the path. She says like every type of meditation rewires a different part of your brain. And you really have to figure out what works best for you. Um, and so I just say, have the courage to just start and, and don't be scared of your thoughts because your thoughts again, aren't yours. Just because you have a thought doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. And once you allow yourself to be able to let go of the thought, you no longer will be acting from a place of the thought that surfaces that then creates the emotion and then the behavior. Yeah. So if you just sat there for 20 minutes and have the choice to throw out the bad thoughts, yeah, keep that one bad thought, mm -hmm. keep that one, keep that, that a point. It's going to work. It really is. And then like you said, breathe deeply. I heard like basically a five second inhale, five second outhale puts us in that parasympathetic state. Right. Science is all over this. I mean, you know, you can change your gut, you can change your cortisol, you can change all of those things affect your hormones. And as I always say, folks, the big problem with weight loss resistance and why people get it's hormones. You know, so ultimately, what are we doing about it? Your thoughts, man. We have control over them. That's great. Yeah, I've seen people do nothing, nothing different, and just meditate, and they lose weight. It, it's it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been studies done on that. I mean, literally yes. do nothing different. Change our thoughts. I always bring up the biology of belief. Um, yes. More science, right? Mm -hmm. And I've interviewed Bruce Lipton uh, a couple times. And, you know, our thoughts change our cells, change the proteins we make, which is ultimately changing you. You yeah. become a new you um, when you change your thoughts. It's scientifically proven. 20 minutes a day, I challenge you all to do it.
right? Yeah, that would be the that would be the best if you can start with yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> just think positively about yourself. Put your, you know, what, what is your true identity? Throw away bad thoughts, right? Yeah, visualize what it would look like for you to have one of my favorite exercises is starting the morning and just visualizing your day, making healthy choices throughout the day because your body can't recognize what is true, like what is in your mind and you're visualizing and what's actually happening. Right. So if you can start setting yourself up to have these incredible days from start to finish where you're Go crazy. making the healthiest choices, how amazing. Yep. Like, yeah. You'll, you'll create that day. I mean, your subconscious literally is that strong and that powerful. You know, I mean, it's been said for healing. You know, if you just visualize yourself healed, healing, the energy coming from your brain, which has the ability to heal, folks, mm -hmm. on your body to that spot, you know, just regenerating that spot. You know, visualize yourself, you know, bouncing on the knee that uh, you hurt, uh, you know, whatever it is, without migrant headaches, sleeping through the night. I mean, visualize what maybe right now your brain thinks is impossible because yeah. it's tied somehow to your false identity. But if you change the way your subconscious, you start visualizing that, you said it, your brain doesn't know any different and then it becomes that reality. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. So great. Yeah. So exciting. The time, the, the yeah. research we have and what we know is it's, it's so amazing to be alive now. It is. It's a good time It's a, for many, many reasons. Right. And I choose to, I think it's the best time to live ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Sarah, th thank you so much for sharing your story, and uh, it's an amazing story. And you know what? I, I know this: you empowered a lot of people today, including women uh, that are were on the fence about getting breast implants. And I know you trained a lot of people on how to think better. So, thank you for being on. Self thank TV. you so much for having promote, me. Uh, promote your gift. Um, that you yeah. Said. yeah, so I have a, a free, just a free giveaway. It's called the Awesome Inside Out Packet. And it's, uh, you can just go to sarahannstewart.com slash free and grab it there. It's 21 days to help shift your mindset around dieting and let go of dieting. Um, and included in that is, is a meditation. So if you want to get started on the meditation journey, that's an easy way to, to get started. Yeah. Well, take advantage of that gift because that's awesome. You, you're the poster child for it. You've done it. So if you did yeah. it, I want to know more about it. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Cytodetox. Please check it out at buycytonow.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at cellularhealing.tv. And please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, and sharing the show with anyone you think may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.